Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today it's Sunday, October 18th, 2020. So today, as per usual, the final weeks until the presidential election and all that, that it's stay on that primary concern. It's hard to think about too much else until... Uh, we move beyond this situation. Um, much as I want to like just talk sports and movies and silliness and whatever, um, kind of lose the right to even do that if uh, we get four more years of Trump. You know, a government. You know, an entire government devoted to the uh, narcissistic impulses of. Uh, you know, a famous con man. You know, that that that's not going to be beneficial to really anyone. It's not even really beneficial to Trump for him to always get what he wants. Um, you know, it, it's not a healthy way to be. But so I'm very hopeful that by there, if there's a huge, massive turnout and. Trump gets rejected, that we can like move beyond Trump and kind of um, just start moving forward again, because we've just been moving backward for four years now, turning into a very strange country. But, you know, the current state affairs, mid-October, this is the couple week of the presidential election here in the United States of America. Coronavirus is still raging. 219,000 people have passed away. Millions have contracted the virus and gone through various, you know, pretty serious treatment, in many cases, to deal with that. Uh, it's an airborne illness that's still going around. Um, Donald Trump is the current president of the United States for seeking a second election, you know, second term. In this election that's coming up in a few weeks, he still has, to this day, millions of people, millions, plural, like, you know, tens of millions of people that are still supporting him. What, what, what it's going to take for them to realize that they were duped, that they were conned, that they were misled, that they believed a lie. What will it take for them to understand that? When will that happen? Will it happen? Um... You know, th those are the questions. Well, you know, what is it? Um, you know, what's the information that they need to hear or see or whatever to understand that the guy that they picked and they've been supporting for four years, he don't care about them and has no desire to protect their interests. He's in it for himself. Um, he's engaged in things that are may very well be criminal acts, not just, you know, things that are, that should, should have caused him to lose his job, but things that he may very well, um, if he wasn't the president, would, you know, face very real serious uh, criminal penalties for. So, you know, you, you have this, this strange, absurd character by the name of Donald Trump, famous con man, going back to the 1970s, um, 
you know, prior to becoming president. Uh, he was famous for bankrupting companies, cheating on his wives, being racist, sexist, stupid. And then also he was a host of a game show in the early 2000s called The Apprentice. Uh, that he became the star of that show after his sixth bankruptcy, and he was kind of he kind of disappeared for a few years, and then a producer of a game show uh, wanted to have a business-themed game show, and he thought Donald Trump would be a great fit for that because he he was a famous person, sort of known as being a businessman, but he was really just kind of famous. He, he had name recognition. And so that producer put Donald Trump on that show and made him the star, kind of the centerpiece of the show, in which he got to play the part of a successful businessman, uh, which he was not. And in fact, after his sixth bankruptcy, he didn't have any new successes or anything like that. You know, he, he, he fucked up yet again, you know. He, he uh, bankrupted yet another company, you know. And then... After those, there were still other things that he did that were, you know, where he fucked up, you know, still mismanaged companies, lost hundreds of millions of dollars, um, may have committed tax fraud, insurance fraud, and all that kind of stuff. But he didn't have any success after his sixth bankruptcy. Just a producer of a game show wanted to make him the star of the show. And so he did. And the show became a hit. And Donald Trump made a lot of money uh, from being the star of that TV show host of a game show and from that fame he was able to put him put his uh, face and name on a lot of different things uh, you know to endorse various products and whatever and he got you know an extra little cash flow from that as well uh, it's, it's really just money that he got because he was famous and the, and the fame he had was because he was born wealthy and so you can buy fame if you're wealthy enough, even if you don't have any talent or any skills or any substance to you at all, you can just sort of become famous. You can't really buy respect, you know, um, or, you know, admiration or anything. You, you can't really buy that. You, you can buy airtime, you know, you, you can buy media coverage, you know, and he got tons of that. And you know, from decades of just being on TV, even though it was usually, even though he, most of the time he was being covered in a negative light, um, because he was a he was a fuck up. You know, he was a famous fuck up. He, he had a lot of money. He was quite wealthy, because he was born wealthy, inherited four hundred million dollars. But he was a famous fuck up. You know, that's what he was famous for being. You know, he was just this absurd, ridiculous character. You know. Uh, he didn't really seem to care about anything except getting more money for himself. And, and not even through a profitable venture that benefited others beyond himself. No, it was just purely accumulating capital for himself. And that's, that's what he was famous for. But, uh, you know, while that show was going on, The Apprentice, which he was the host of, it was a game show. There was other shows that were real popular at the time that were commonly referred to as reality TV. Um, and the term's kind of a misnomer because there's writers and producers on those shows, you know, that kind of steer the plot in a certain direction. It, it's kind of an unscripted show, uh, but it's still a, a show. You, you know, it's less scripted or something, but 
you know, there's still a formula to it. It's still meant to entertain, you know, it's still structured in a certain way and presented in a certain way and edited and all that that sort of give a certain perception. It's not really a documentary even, you know. But, um, you know, it got sort of globbed in with those kind of things. And sometimes, so sometimes it was called a reality show. That's not really what it was. It was, it was a game show that he was the host of. But, you know, from that fame, uh, you know, that re, you know, that, you know, that whatever, uh, second wave of his career, you know, the rebirth of his career in the early 2000s by being a game show host. Um, such a stupid, it was such a stupid show, but, you know, a lot of people really dug it, thought it was the greatest thing on television. I, I never really understood the appeal, but, uh, you know, to each his own. Um, you know, and then he, during all that time, going way back to the early 90s, he had run for president many times uh, as a Democrat, Reformed Party, Republican, usually just as a lark, usually this kind of, you know, because it's a great way to get publicity. You know, you're kind of a little famous already, and then you say that you're running for president. People, you know, it'll be talked about in the news, you know. If you're just a regular person, I mean, there's there's thousands of people running for president. Uh, just most of them just aren't, you know, going to get news coverage because they don't have a major party endorsing them. So, but if you have some fame, you know, like Kanye West, you know, famous rapper, said he was going to run for president. So I got some news coverage. But, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of people dislike that, you know, that aren't famous in any way. And so they don't, they're not going to get any news coverage when they're running for president, too. So he was one of those famous people that ran. And so he would get news coverage and you would give him a chance to kind of promote his name and uh, his company, the Trump Organization. The Trump Organization basically promotes Donald Trump. Donald Trump promotes the Trump Organization. They're kind of, you know... So he and the organization kind of promotes the idea that Trump is a successful businessman, uh, you know, which he isn't. But like, and and so the name has a certain value or something because it's like a perceived idea of the great successful businessman, even though it's really just an idea. It's just a myth. It's not actually reality. He's actually one of the worst businessmen in all of America, and was for many years running only paid $750 in taxes in 2016 because he lost tons and tons of money in, of, from the companies that he ran may have engaged in some tax fraud too by claiming a uh, an estate that was a family retreat and trying to claim it as a business expense uh, which is illegal so um, yeah uh, but that's the guy that's the president right now, and he wants a second term. <clears throat> and do we, the problem is, well, you know, the the other problem with Trump is that you know beyond that stuff, that kind of profound conflicts of interest and unethical and immoral type stuff, he's also a fascist, and, and so that's that, that that's the other kicker there too. So, um, y yeah. He's, he's trying to instill a fascist government here in the United States of America, which is a dem democracy, you know, where people have the right to vote. He, he would prefer that to not be the case. 
Yeah. He wants the elections to be more like in Russia, where they have a quote-unquote election that Vladimir Putin wins with, by a landslide, you know. 85% of the vote goes to Vladimir Putin. Because the election's fake. You know, it, it's, not, it's not a real election. People don't have the right to vote. You know, if you speak out against Vladimir Putin, you'll disappear or end up in jail or dead or, you know, it's very different there. But that's what Trump would prefer. He would much prefer that. Fascism takes different forms depending on what the era is, what, you know, what period of time it is and what country it is, you know, what specific symbols are of that country. So it's not going to always look exactly the same. And there's a slow ever constant descent into fascism it doesn't just snap and then instantly it's poof it's there it's it's a slow descent you you, you make choices as a country that you know allow you to descend into that madness uh, people around that sort of vindictive uh, autocrat enable that person to do things you, you know obviously government is people you know, if, uh, if, <laughs> if the, um, people running the government don't, you know, don't rein in some autocratic figure, some dictator type that's trying to, you know, be vindictive to the people and stuff, and they just allow it to happen, and or even worse, encourage it to happen more, well, then the, you can get into some pretty scary situations. And that's kind of what's been happening right now. That's the era we're in. The fascism is illegal. You know, some of the things that Donald Trump has been doing are, they're against norms, but some of them are probably, possibly also illegal. You know, some of the things he's doing. Not respecting the results of the election, that, that certainly, you, you know, if, if he gets voted out and he attempts to stay anyway, that, that, that would then, you know, that's a breaking the Constitution. It's a constitutional crisis. That term has been used a lot in the last few years. <clears throat> but the key thing to remember with him is he de definitely very much represents fascism. It's beyond just that he's an incompetent, stupid, racist, sexist, uh, self-centered asshole, you know, which... You know, it isn't good in and of itself, but it's also that he's, you know, he's fascist. You know, if, if you speak out against the government, there will be violent repercussions. You know, even, even if you're just peacefully assembling, uh, there will be guilt by association. You know, you're in Portland, part of the Black Lives Movement, protesting in the streets. This other group of people are causing property damage. Secret police comes and they start attacking you. And everyone around you, because these other people nearby are engaging in property damage. Guilt by association, you know. Do the police investigate those people causing property damage specifically and arrest them? The specific people causing property damage and let you, the person that is peacefully exercising your rights, continue to do what you're doing? Uh, no, no, no. They, they come in and they fire rubber bullets and tear gas at the whole group regardless of whether you're involved in property damage or not. You know, guilt by association. Anyone who's other, different, disagrees with the direction of the country, faces intimidation, violence, you know, 
criminal prosecution, possibly even. You know, it's very scary. Um, and Trump has been enabled a lot. Um, there needs to be so it's it's beyond just Trump. You know, he he, he is what he is. You know, a, a narcissistic, vindictive, cruel person who was famous for being that way, and um, you know, just famous for being a con man. And just a lot of people just didn't didn't know how they how the fuck people didn't know that Donald Trump was a con man. I, I have no idea. I don't. I mean. One of the strangest um, voting blocks in 2016 was the people who voted for Barack Obama twice and then voted for Donald Trump in 2016. It's like, what What the fuck? Like, that doesn't, I don't even, how do you get there, you know? If, if Barack Obama is your ideal person, like as far as stature and how they carry themselves and, you know, how, how he speaks and, you know, this his virtue as a person if that's your ideal or if that's something you voted for twice how the how the heck do you trump how, how do you go trump like or even what do you look for in a leader i mean again obviously there's a contrast but let's look into that further what is the contrast one one is an honest person with integrity Worked their way up the ladder, studied hard, you know, can speak well, is a great, you know, eloquent speaker. The other one is none of those things. He's just some wealthy asshole, inherited a ton of money, says racist, sexist, stupid things all the time, bankrupts companies, and famously so. Like in the late 90s, it was, it was over for Trump. It was done. He was done. U.S. banks stopped lending him money because it was, they were aware that it was all a scheme. It was a con. Yeah, he was on TV and he had lots of stuff. He had private airplanes and all these things, you know. But it was all a mirage. He was a completely incompetent dumb shit that didn't know anything about running a company, a profitable company. So U.S. banks stopped lending him money. So he had to go to other sources. Some of those other sources, it appears that he may be owing as many as as much as four hundred million dollars that he personally guaranteed that is due, you know, soon. You know, it's just I don't know. So right now, like I'm a progressive, I think government should be you know focus on the basics. Do people have health care? Can I get an education? Do they have food to eat? Is the water safe to drink? Are we safe and protected? Then that's about, you know, th that kind of stuff. Just the basics, you know. And me, it's like it, if government is not focused on pro how to f provide universal health care, then, then wh what are they even doing? Like, what's their purpose, you know? They, they're trying to get South to lead them. They're trying to get the South to lead them. They're going to have South to lead them here in the tight if they get the health care and the education the South to lead them. It's like it's just like this word that people say and it's like they think it's as bad as fascism. 
They think that if they say the word socialism, it'll like click like the way fascism does for someone like me. When when I say fascism, that it, it conjures really strong negative images. Socialism is a little more opaque, I guess. What is socialism? Well, we currently have socialism in the United States of America, currently, and have had for centuries now. Really, ever since the beginning. Basically, any tax, federal tax, any, fe any federal tax, really, that goes to cover the cost of some sort of for-the-public-good thing, i.e., well, anything, <laughs> anything that could be privately funded, including a military force that is funded through taxpayer dollars, is, yeah, basically a form of socialism. The interstate freeway system, fire department, police department, public schools, you know, all that kind of thing, you know. Public transit. It's all funded in some way, all or in part, by taxes. And that's the whole reason you have government, to make sure those kind of things don't need to be privately funded because it's inefficient. You know, imagine a world in which there's no interstate freeway system and every single road, bridge, railway, whatever, is all privately owned. Any time you want to traverse, you know, or get from point A to point B, you, you have to map it out on who owns which route and you have to pay a certain fee to whichever entity owns that route that would be really fucking stupid <laughs> a far more efficient way is everyone pays a little bit and then that goes to fund the paving you know building and, and maintaining of the various roads bridges you know and ways to get around you know, how you get around is up to you. You know, what type of car you ride, if you even have a car, if you use a bike or if you bus or whatever the fuck. But the, the road itself, yeah, I mean, no, the company that actually does the actual work, they'll probably be a company. They'll get a government contract, but the money will come from taxes. That's why that's socialism. You know, fire department is not a profit machine. It's, it's not a for-profit entity. They used to have that in the United States, and that was really stupid your building would be on fire you'd call the fire department but it would be the one that would be you know you'd have to be up to date on your dues or whatever and you're to that particular fire department and then another, but another one would come first or something and then you know gangs in there's a scene in gangs in new york where they kind of show that scene where like two fire departments are just fighting each other over the right to put the fire out and receive the payment for putting a fire out. And so you'd have to like pay on on the spot to have them put your fire out. That's really dumb. That's a that's a dumb way to fund a fire department. An easier way is vital services that need to have you you, you pay for them. Things that everyone needs, you make sure that those things are covered. Things that people want, they have to go get them on their own. So, yeah. With progressive values, what you do beyond the basics is up to you.
you got to get it on your own. And you certainly can. If you want to earn more money than the universal basic income, you certainly can. No one's telling you you can't. Nothing's stopping you from doing that. You have to go do it. Not everyone makes the same amount of money in a progressive society. Everyone is entitled to be treated with respect and dignity and have a, a basic fair level playing field, i.e. access to an education, access to health care, access to a safe way to get around, you know, whether it's, you know, a public transit or buy your own car and drive it on the freeway or whatever the fuck, you know, and access to food that is safe to eat and all that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, and to work in a place that's safe and abiding by certain safety precautions so that you're not risking your life doing a job where, there's, where it's unnecessary to be taking certain risks simply because the company doesn't want to invest in safety measures, you know, and, and views your life as expendable, you know, as a less worthy expense or whatever than, you know, investing in safety things. So, so certain so socialism is more like it's not like an either or you, you, you know you can we're a hybrid and have been we, we're not purely capitalistic and never have been ever our country has never been ever we have never been ever a purely capitalist society ever that has never been the case ever and, and you know <laughs> purely capitalist means everything you have to pay for out of pocket. Nothing is a right, you know, whether it's an education, whether it's how to get around, you know, whether it's food safety standards, whether it's, you know, um, some sort of government. Well, it's basically not even a government. It's just a purely volunteer government, you know. How does the government even raise funds? It's what donations, I guess. I mean, well, what do you have it? And then, but then, what does that mean? The people that kind of, but yeah, it's just where capitalism is 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 good, can be uh, unfettered, uncontrolled capitalism. It, it can get a little vicious and cruel. Uh, when you don't have some kind of basic parameters, you know, is a marginal tax, a state tax, a wealth tax, is that going to make wealthy people poor? No. Is it a punishment of success? No. Is it a tax that a small, tiny percentage of the people are going to pay that's going to have virtually no effect on their way of life and how they live day to day? Yes, that's what it is. Is it money that's going to be raised to make sure that the schools that you send your children to are maintained and built properly and well-staffed and the staff is well-paid, that the roads you drive over are safe and they're not going to fall apart? The bridge that you drive across every day or whatever isn't going to fall down. You know, the air that you're breathing is clean. The water you're drinking is safe to drink. Those kind of things. The fire department is staffed and well-funded. So that when there's a fire or an emergency and you call 911, people show up, you know. Yeah. That, that'd be good. 
you know, just kind of the basic stuff works. So, and then, of course, there's things like, you know, Social Security and stuff like that. It's obviously more socialist, too. Everyone pays this little bit of money, goes into this fund. And then once you get to an age where it's, you know, for life expectancy is only so long. We are mortal creatures. We cannot work forever. We don't live forever. And there gets to be an age where doing certain types of work becomes more difficult the older you get. So eventually people do have to, and do indeed, you know, have to scale down their work. They're able to work less vigorously as they get older into their twilight years. So it's called retirement, you know, and that's... uh a dignified way, especially if you work your whole life, you should be able to get to a point where you don't have to work anymore. You've put in your time. You've contributed to the economy. Um, being able to just maintain whatever you had during those all those years you were working. You know, you work for 40 or 50 years. And that's what the average probably American is probably going to end up working. You should be able to live out your last few years without having to work every day. If you want to work, you can shouldn't have to necessarily you should be able to maintain whatever life you had become accustomed to it seems fair you know um, yeah you shouldn't have to become homeless as soon as you're no longer able to work when you're in your 60s or 70s or something we need to make sure we avoid that and if it means that the people making 30 million a year instead of making 30 million they only make, heaven forbid, 20 million net after taxes or whatever the fuck. So be it. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll be fine. Uh, 20 million is a crap ton of money to earn in one year. You, know, you, you can set yourself up pretty nice. And again, just to review, I've said this a few times and it's a kind of a steady beat as far as investment advice. I used to be a financial advisor for a very brief period of time, but I did have all my licenses, Series 7, Series 66, and Life Health and uh, Disability Insurance license as well. Uh, if you're going to get that much money in one year, it's your first year earning that much money, and whether or not you plan on earning that much money in the future after that, say you're a pro athlete, do the smart thing your first year, you know, buy a house, a decent house, nothing crazy, maybe just buy like a, you know, six, seven hundred thousand dollar house. One that will appreciate in value, one that you can make improvements on. So this is say you have that net income of $20 million in a year. Buy a $600,000 house cash. Put another 400000 in a fairly low, just a regular kind of savings account type thing. It might not be earning much interest, maybe just half percent or percent or so. It doesn't really matter. That's basically just going to be to kind of have a, a property tax fund. You know, pay property tax of the remaining, you know, 19, 18 or 19 million or so, you're just going to invest in a fixed annuity earning uh, 4%. It doesn't really too crazy, and that'll be your income. If for whatever reason your income you know, your job that allowed you to earn $20 million net in a year goes away for some reason. Um, guaranteed income. 
So that's one we'll, I'm going to check here and see what. So let's say 18 million invested in annuity, earning 13%. What kind of monthly income we'd be looking at and for how long? So with with that $18 million example, you can kind of mess with the numbers a little bit to find where that in perpetuity kind of annuity payment would be. But if you made a $18 million investment in an annuity, you could take out $50,000 a month, uh, a month, $50,000 a month, so $600,000 a year, uh, for 76 years. So that's... 76 years worth of income off of one year of earnings and and that's a very comfortable income you know so that your your first year you just made it big you're a big movie star pro athlete ceo of a company you've been making hundreds of thousands a year maybe before so you know you probably already have some sort of most people don't go from zero to 20 million just like that you know Maybe there have been some here and there, but um, usually you kind of work your way up there. And even if there's a steep climb, it, there's probably a few years prior to that where you're making a couple hundred thousand or something. Although I suppose, you know, if you're a, like a college athlete or something, and then you're the number one pick on the draft or something, and then your first year you sign a contract for that's whatever million, you know, or as a big movie star or something. But, um, that's, you know, one year of earnings. That's net after tax, pretending there. So, uh, and that's after already buying a house cash, putting another good chunk of change. So, you know, two million total basically devoted to real estate and real estate costs associated with. And so you can kind of play with the numbers, you know, but we're looking at about a six, you know, five, six hundred thousand dollar house buying cash. And, and that's a decent home, you know, depending on the area and stuff like that. You know, maybe not the nicest in the world or whatever, but uh, again, that's your first year earning $18 million. 50000 a month to take out every month. So what you could do is you could lower that monthly amount to, say, 35000 a month. And again, that's per month, not that would last forever. You know, it, would, it would never run out. You can take out $35,000 per month. That would be your monthly income. Whether or not you ever work again after that first year doesn't matter. You, you, you got $35,000 a month forever. So if you go more like, you know, say, 45000 might probably get it to a number of years. Yeah, so if you go $45,000 a month with that $18 million, so you invest the $18 million in the annuity, that's uh, earning 8, 3%, 3%, you can take out $45,000 a month, it would just, it would just be a, a you know, check or direct deposit or whatever from the annuity every month for $45,000, just a nice steady amount. Uh, that would last for just over 200 years. So, you know, longer, plenty more long than a li lifetime. So even if, you know, you, you hit it big, you, know, you sign that big contract and you get that one year of earnings and then you get injured and they're somehow able to uh, 
you know, void the remaining years of the contract or something. You just get that one year of earnings when you make that much money. Um, yeah, you're, you're set for life. You know, you know obviously you got to be smart. If you, if you don't do that, uh, then you will not be set for life. You know, uh, like especially if you buy shit tons of depreciating assets like cars and stuff. Well, then, yeah, and just lots of stuff that's harder to uh, sell off. Real estate's an appreciating asset, so, you know, you, and you already own it outright, so that's a key thing to remember. Your thirty, your $40,000 a month allowance, what you, how you spend that is up to you, and then if you want to work, you can, but you obviously don't need to, that's all covered. Important thing to remember too, and that's that's only with 18 million, and that's with one year of earnings. Imagine if you inherited 100 million, like Donald Trump did, 400 million. Did it in the last uh, episode too. Um, like, if you uh, you know inherit 400 million, what you do is you put a couple. I mean, you can even go on a little higher end since it's so much. You can say devote five million to real estate, lit, you know, living whatever, and so that you can own stuff outright. You know, buy a house of some reasonable size, and then put another healthy chunk away for various, um, you know, property taxes and such. But then, of course, and then you're going to invest the rest in annuities, so that will guarantee you a monthly income forever. So if you know you. That's 295 million in an annuity, earning three uh, percent, uh, and you want to make sure that it lasts at least, say, 150 years. You know, well beyond a normal lifetime. Well, actually, no. I guess on this one, it's only let me. So, you wanted a 295 million dollar investment you want it to last 100 years and it's earning three percent you could take out seven hundred and seventy four thousand dollars a month every month for a hundred years I remember I said if you inherited 400 million so that's 300 of it right there so you, you spent five million on a on a house and and property taxes and all that kind of thing so that you own the house outright you know and then you have a monthly income of seven hundred and seventy four thousand dollars a month for a hundred years, how would you possibly survive? You know, but that's that's the kind of money that Donald Trump inherited. But again, uh, in this example I'm using, seven hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars a month, that was an with an investment of two hundred and ninety-five, and then buying a house for five million. That leaves a hundred million. That's still just not even being used. He he inherited four hundred million. And also, that's the just happens to be the amount that he's in debt right now that he personally guaranteed four hundred million dollars. What did he say at the town hall the other day? It's a small portion of his portfolio. <laughs> he's such a fucking arrogant asshole. Four hundred million is a small portion of his portfolio. What a fucking dick! It's just the balls on that guy to fucking say something so fucking just. He's just so aloof. He has no idea what it's like to be a normal person. He inherited so much, you know, and just with basic elementary type investments, you could secure, 
an upper affluent lifestyle forever doing nothing you know you don't even need to create businesses and stuff you know he, he could have secured you know nearly a million and he probably could have secured a million dollar a month income doing nothing just by investing the money that he inherited in very basic investments and then obviously you're earning that much earning quote-unquote that much money a month you know in that last example over seven hundred thousand dollars a month not doing a job you know just just interest from you know an investment that you made years ago seven hundred and seventy four thousand dollars a month every month for a hundred years I mean, you're probably not going to spend all of that every month, you know. I make about net cash about 1200 a month, you know, 1200 net cash. With these annuity payments, uh, they're taxable difference. So basically, th th those annuity payments, are it's not really taxed as income. You, you made an 18, you know, a $295 million investment. And then by making it an annuity, those annuity payments aren't taxed as income. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're earning $774,000 a month. Every month you have that secured. And... You know, I just that that's the that's the amount of money that he has personally guaranteed that he owes. You know, that is a lot. It's a lot of money, and that's a better way to think of three hundred million. Is that's one, you know, basically nearly eight hundred thousand dollars a month for a hundred years. You know, that that's what three hundred million is. You know. And then what you do with that hundred million? I mean, the the good thing to do. I mean, that's a lot of money. You could create some pretty righteous philanthropic endeavor with that kind of money. You know, you can do some real good. You know, of course, Donald Trump didn't do that, but um, you know, I don't. Know. <laughs> it's just. It's just a frustrating time because they're, they're, you know, uh, you know the, the stubborn kind of ignorant, arrogant uh, groups that are just. It it's like what I think. What what I think is is it's like because what they're doing is bad. It's like the 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 intrigue with doing the wrong thing, you know, making other people uncomfortable. You know, because you what you're doing is wrong, and, and and you know it. You know, that sort of intrigue with the dark side of things, and especially I think if you're, it's weird. It's almost like because a lot of the people that support Trump, they might even, you know, a lot of them identify as being real devout Christian. So it's almost like because they haven't, uh, I don't know, like they haven't really. Flirted with certain kind of darkness in their lives or something they they're kind of oblivious to a real true darkness and Didn't understand that that's what it was Or something I, I, I don't know Like it's like if you if you're too sheltered or something or too kind of closed off from the world You become susceptible to people like Trump, 
you know, a famous con man. You know, that's what he, what he was famous for. Like, what is it that the people who support him today think that he was famous for in the 1980s and 90s and early 2000s? Do they genuinely think he was a successful businessman? Even as reports come out that he, literally, the worst in all of America, several years running in the 1980s. Like, how, how do they, you know, how do they come to grips with that? How do they process that information? Do they even hear it? Are they aware of it? Are they just dismissive of it? It's all fake news? You know? I don't know. I just, uh, it's frustrating because, uh, you know, I'm progressive, so obviously I'm, I'm kind of an, more of a kind of, you know, kind of an anti-Republican, uh, but definitely an anti-Trump, you know, an anti-fascist, you know, that Antifa is just short for anti-fascist. It's not an organization, it's more of a kind of mindset, the kind of rejection of fascism, of which, you know, Trump is, you know, and Trump kind of, all these leftists, it's like, trying to create this, uh, pretend like it's all the leftist people you know doing causing all the trouble it's like people demanding rights you know right? like there's masses of people demanding to be treated as human beings you know black lives matter and you know the trump course shot back all lives matter right so what is your definition of all are you, are you disagreeing with the statement black lives matter by saying if your response is all lives matter like, what, what does that mean you know can you agree with that statement though black lives matter you know, it's not not shouldn't really be disagreeing with that or, or trying to con contradict that in some way if you truly believe all lives matter then black lives matter you know it, it's, a, it's a very simple thing you know obviously there's systemic racism in this country obviously you know you, you can get your head out of the sand if you're not aware of it Go out and see more of the country, you know, meet more people that don't have the same skin color as you, I guess, or something, you know, hear some stories, listen to some people with, you know, a skin color that isn't so pale as yours, and hear some stories. You could be up front if you, you know, come close with a person that has a little darker skin color, you can probably just come right out and ask. So... How many times have you been fucked with by a cop? What What are your stories about, you know, dealing with uh, racism? They'll have stories. Yeah, they they can tell you. They have firsthand experience with those sort of things, you know. So, and if you want to be dismissive of the first story, go, you know, you can meet more people. And then maybe when you're with those people... Be with them for an extended period of time or something, you know. See how they experience things out in the world as they're just moving about. Looks that people get and stuff, you know. The way the cops, you know, kind of start following certain people but not others and for no good reason. And it's really just because of the color of the skin. You know, there is systemic racism. It is real. It is a thing. It didn't just go away because a bunch of hippies were marching in the 60s or something, you know. We, we signed a law, the Civil Rights Bill, back in the 60s, so racism is gone or something. It's like, n n no, no, and it's still very much here. It's, it was, was Donald Trump on the same page as David Duke?
not not technically, I guess, because he wasn't a member of a hate organization, you know, a, a domestic terrorist organization. He he wasn't like an active member, although his father supposedly did attend uh, KKK rallies way back in the day. And his father was a, you know, well-known, vehement racist and kind of taught Trump, Donald Trump to be that way. So Donald Trump wasn't on that level. And so, the, and therefore, it, it, like, people put it in, like, a different category or something. He's not, like, like Dave, David Duke is a white supremacist. You know, he, he was a former Grand Wizard of the KKK. That is what he is. You know, that's his signature thing or whatever that's that's what he's brought to this world racism you know the leader of a terrorist organization you know Donald Trump wasn't a member of a terrorist racist organization but he is a racist you know he has racist views of people he has he formulates stereotypes of people based off of their skin color yeah and he views certain groups of people from certain places who look a certain way as enemies simply because of what they look like. He forms certain negative judgments of people simply because of what they look like. He makes certain assumptions about obvious guilt because of what people look like. Yeah, he, he's a well-known racist. It's part of his thing. Um, but, you know, somehow... People find ways to bend their minds in a way that contorts just right to sort of justify, you know, supporting them, and then and then go to church on Sunday and listen to the teachings of Jesus, and then <laughs> it's I you know I I, I don't I don't get it. Um, it's like it's a full assault on logic during this time. I think there's there's a lot of a lot of folks that are hearing a pretty steady drumbeat of propaganda and misinformation, and sometimes it's even on the local news. Man, kind of breaks my heart every time I go to my parents' house. Um, they uh, they still watch Como News, which is the ABC affiliate. In the Seattle area, it's a Sinclair broadcasting station now, and has been for a while, a few years now. Um, and Sinclair Broadcasting is a conservative-leaning news corporation that owns many of the local affiliates throughout the country. Uh, there'll be conservative commentary and stuff in there, and the and the, t and the news will be presented in a way to be most favorable to the conservative movement and the sort of Republican goal of, you know, enriching the wealthy, growing corporations, and stuff like that. Uh, it's very biased news. I told my parents this years ago, and it's just, you know, we've been watching Como News since, <laughs> man, I can't what were all the different newscasters we back in the day? I was like the Steve, like Steve Poole, and then what was the Bruce King sports guy way back in the day? But, you know, we've been watching Como, Como since you know, the early 90s or whatever. Didn't watch Cairo or King 5. You know, my grandma was more of a, she liked King 5. It's, it's weird, people get certain attachments with a specific local affiliate, and then, you know, 
and that's a certain loyalty or whatever. And even when that entity is not really the same anymore, it's the same in name. Like the station is still called Como, but it's now a Sin, it's really Sinclair Broadcasting Station now. That's different. It's, it's not the same thing. It's pretending to be, but it's now presenting things in a different way to make you think about things in a certain way. It's wanting you, it's not just presenting information. It's presenting information in a way to make you lean Republican and to even have sort of animosity towards Democratic views. And, and, and it's a steady dribble of it. It's a little more subtle on the local affiliates. It's not as uh, high octane as it is on Fox News, but it's, it's the very same kind of thing, though. And it's, uh, you know, it's a shame. There's, there's millions of people that are getting their news. Now, it's just Fox News. It's the Sinclair Broadcasting as well. You've got to watch out for that. And it's jarring. If you, if you don't watch those ever, and then you turn them on and hear them, it's like, whoa. But if you're watching it every day, you probably don't even notice. It, it just sounds like this is what local news sounds like. You know, it has the same look, sort of. You know, it got the come, you know. But that's the anchors behind the desk, and you know, and they got the little screen that'll pop up when they're talking about a specific story, and then they'll do the sort of sidebar things, you know, that, and then they'll have the reporter that's on the street thing. But just the, the flow of the news and the specific topics they're talking about, you know, this real shit. That's one thing you'll notice with the Sinclair local affiliates. No matter how serious shit is going down right now, and no matter how obvious and clear it is that Donald Trump is a huge part of it, they'll bend over backwards to either not even talk about it. That, that's a thing they do a lot. All kinds of fluff stories. It's lots of filler. Things that don't really have anything to do with anything. Distraction. Just take your mind off of the fact that Donald Trump is the president. Or just things that try to make put Trump in the most favorable light and it's and the, they really contort sometimes because the obvious and clear and unbiased truth about Trump is that he is a con man you know he is incompetent he is unfit to be president of the United States you know if he was attempting to serve in the military and was trying to become an officer he, he would be denied you know like if he had been in the military and he was acting the way he was as an officer, he would be discharged. You know. That, but that's not being stated on the news. Because you don't want to, because you're afraid it's an opinion. But that's not really an opinion. You know, it's barely an opinion that Donald Trump should not be a president of a country. You know, he, he's a dangerous person. But... Sinclair Broadcasting local affiliates will bend over backwards to try and present Trump in the most favorable way while also trying to appear as being unbiased. It's a very tricky game of mental gymnastics that goes on there. And so sometimes it might mean, you know, there's a steady negative stream of, of Trump every single day. Every single day he does something stupid or detrimental to the interests of the United States of America. So they have to if they're going to pretend to be unbiased journalists, they have to at least acknowledge some of the things that are going to be, you know, they just don't talk about anything that's going on on the national level. 
you know, might make them seem like they're not actually news. So they have to at least appear to be, you know, have some journalist integrity type thing and sort of acknowledge various elephants in the room while not being too critical. So it's, um, it's interesting, you know, um, but that's kind of the, you know, the variables that kind of created this Trump thing, you know, the sort of ever widening wealth gap, uh, the Republican party becoming ever more exclusively focused legislatively on the agenda of the wealthy and growing big businesses and becoming less and less concerned with the working class and becoming more and more willing to engage in propaganda and misinformation in order to mislead the public as to their true intentions. Um, you know, created the perfect opportunity for this Trump guy. And then, you know, the, the, the sort of counterpoint, counterpoint party only being the Democrats, which is sort of a lackluster kind of, you know, not, not the most inspiring bunch, you know, Nancy Pelosi and some of the so-called moderate Republican or Democrats, corporate Democrats, certainly not the most inspiring folks, you know, so created a great opportunity for Trump, you know, this sort of vindictive con man guy to just slide right in there, you know, um, you only get one of the two options, one option is horrible, the other option is kind of eh, you know, there, there's some, you get more in the progressive wing, some decent people, but corporate Democrats, you know, they're, they're really just kind of less bad than your hardline Republicans like Mitch McConnell and Jim Jordan, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Devin Nunes, Matt, Matt Gates, you know, Gomer, that fucking Gomer Republican. Yeah. Um, no, the, the rank and file dudes mostly with ours next to their name or, or you know, or basically spend their time in government using their power and resources to try to make wealthy people more money. And, uh, even if it means putting more stress on the regular people, and that's kind of their, kind of their thing, you know, so yeah, final weeks, people got to be make, getting those votes in. They got to not vote Trump. We got to vote him out. Um, it's not the most expiring vote, but for Biden, but it is what it is. You know, we, we got to do better in these interim years while Biden's in there, hopefully with these next four and get kind of sorted. What do we all, what do we agree on as human beings and American citizens? What is important to us? Is it life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for real? Do we all truly agree on that? You know, we, we as a country have to come to some terms as to what we really are and what we really want to be collectively. You know, you have your specific issues that are real important to you. Great. But what overall, you know, then come to some terms there. So hold not hope that we'll be uh, in the final stretches of this Trump madness and then we can start moving on to better and brighter things. I'm tired of talking about that asshole. I really am. It means this podcast ends, so be it. But hopefully, uh, 
Yeah, hopefully we can move on for this fucking Trump thing. Stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary, thinking out loud.